Good evening and welcome to E-Bible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 30 of Revelation chapter 1, and we're reading from verse 8. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. And this is one of those verses where God uh, just... Um, it's just awesome is the word, and and I dislike using that word because it's used for so many things that aren't awesome. But God is awesome. And this verse uh, describes uh, just a little bit. It gives us a tiny taste of the awesome nature of the God of the Bible, of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the beginning and the ending, that which is, which was, and which is to come. And it doesn't matter how you look at him, which way you hold God up as we view him through the lens of the scriptures, through the words of the Bible. Every way we we look, every every way we turn and and glance at this almighty God. We can only stand in awe at his majestic majesty and and his great glory. He is a God that uh, knows everything, for one thing. Can you imagine how much do you know and how much do I know? How much do people really know? If we were to uh, measure our knowledge and our understanding, it wouldn't really amount to very much. We we know very little. We know some historical facts that we learn in school. We we learn some mathematics. We uh, we learn uh, some English and and maybe some chemistry. Maybe a little bit of another language, and so on. We we learn a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and we we just lack tremendous amounts of understanding concerning things that are right now in our present day. We we do not know just just great amounts of information. This is not the case with God. God knows everything. Now, we we have this word here in our verse, in Revelation 1, verse 8, the Almighty. And, and this word means all might. And we can look at God in various ways, like I was saying, in order to recognize the truth of this, that he possesses all might, all power, all strength, all dominion belong to him. And in one way in which we see this incredible might of God is the way that he knows everything. He knows everything that has ever been, and he knows everything that presently is, and he knows everything that will be. And just think of the enormous being, the enormous and brilliant mind 
the word brilliant doesn't do it justice. The, the, the power of God, the might of God to just simply contain all of this infinite knowledge of all things. He knows everything about you and everything about me and everything about every other of the seven billion people that are on the face of the earth and everything about all the people that have already come and gone or that will be born. He knows everything about every creature, every animal, every insect, every uh, minute living organism that we cannot even see with our eyes. And he knows everything that's out there in space, in the galaxies and and in the universe that continues on and on and on beyond the ability of our greatest telescopes to see. God made these things and knows everything there is to know about these things and about every working, every operation, every technical detail of this creation. He knows everything about DNA and so on because he's the one who formed it and created it. He knows everything about chemistry, everything about mathematics, everything not only about the English language, but the French and the Russian and the Spanish and the German and every language you can think of. God created all these things. And and if if that doesn't cause us to uh, to recognize his almighty power, well, then I don't know what will. And that's only a drop in the bucket. Just a, a a little glimmer of light of the brilliance of the sun that we can know about considering this almighty God of the Bible. The God who has such power, such unlimited power that he only spoke a word and said, let there be and and this universe came into being. Let, let's read that in the book of Genesis. In the very beginning, it says in Genesis 1, verse 1, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. There it is. He already did it. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. He brought it into existence by the power of his word. And we know it was his word because as he goes on to create, it says in verse 3, And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. Instantaneously, there was an obedient response, an action that occurred. I don't know how God does this. I don't know how it's possible, but it tells us about the greatness, the terrific greatness of his word that he only has to say, let there be. And he has the power, he has the force, he has the strength to bring to pass whatever it is that he 
wants to be. Let there be light, and there was light. In verse 4, And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. How did he do that? Well, with his will, with his word. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and the evening and the morning were the first day. And God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament, and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so, and God called the firmament heaven. And the evening and the morning were the second day. How easy it is for one that possesses all might to accomplish these things. Now, just to put us in our proper place, you think about projects that you want to do around your home, and and I can think of plenty myself, and think of the effort and the strength and, and the time it would take us to begin to do even some of those projects, and we're talking about painting and nailing some wood and cleaning up and things like that, fixing some things, and we put forth maybe a great deal of effort to do one thing. We might need to repair the fence, and and we have to hammer these pieces of fence and and patch up things and correct things and it could take us a whole day or or it, and we get involved with something else may take us a week to perform the doing of it to complete it that just goes to demonstrate how little we are how tiny how very finite our strength is and we we have a great severe limitation on our ability to do things. We can't speak, for instance, and and say, well, uh, that fence is broken, now fix the fence, and all of a sudden the fence is repaired. We can't do anything like that. We don't have that kind of power. We lack that uh, force and might. But God doesn't. God has infinite power and strength and might to perform the things that he desires to be done. Of course, the only limitation is a limitation that that God has established in his word in which everything must be done in a good way. Everything is righteous and just and pure and holy. God will not do things outside of those boundaries that he himself has set, that is his the essence of his very nature. He'll do everything well and good, just as he created the world by speaking. And then when he looked upon everything that he had created, he said, all is good. And we we see this creation and we see the wonders of it, the glories of it, the uh, the the just tremendous a beauty of the things that God created and he created them instantaneously by speaking. Now, doesn't that testify all on its own to the might of the God of the Bible? You know, the the might of God 
has always been there. God was almighty in the days of Abram. It says in Genesis 17, verse 1, And when Abram was ninety years old and nine, Jehovah appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And soon God will demonstrate again his mighty power in the life of Abram by having his wife, Sarai, who is barren, conceive a child and and then bear a child. And that is another um, glimpse, another look, another display of the power of the Lord. Well, in uh, Revelation 1, verse 8, God doesn't make a, a show of things. He, he just says things very plainly. And this is a true statement. He's speaking of his eternal nature. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. I am the great I am. Ego a me. I am the Almighty. And, 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 you know, this, this is comforting. This is very comforting to the child of God. Why? Well, because we're weak. We're limited. We're, um, unable to do a great many things. We're troubled. And, uh, we, we cannot um, help ourselves oftentimes in our trouble. We're afflicted and we could be afflicted by the flesh. We can be afflicted by others. And there is spiritual affliction in a spiritual battle that rages while we're in this world, in this body. And it often shows us our own weakness. We're, we're troubled. We're afflicted. We're in tribulation. We, we desire things, uh, for our family. We desire, uh, salvation. We desire a blessing and we can't perform any of it. We're so weak and ineffective and unable to do the things that we would. We would also like to live a strong, godly life, a Christian life, to live uprightly to live a God-glorifying life, a life that is pleasing to Him. And again, we fail. Again, our sins bring us down and, and we are not able to do the things we would. And so how comforting it is and how encouraging it is when we read that God is almighty and that he possesses the strength that we lack. And God tells us this many times in many places in the Bible. He encourages us to go to him, to tap that strength, to draw from that awesome power of God. For instance, it says in the book of Ephesians, in chapter 3, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, 
that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. And let me read verse 20 also here. Now unto him that is able. And why is God able? Because he has the power to do it. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. God has the power and the might, the ability, and he is able to strengthen us. And of course, if we're a child of God, we have his spirit within us. And and it is that spirit that Ephesians 3, verse 16, was saying that if God grants us that to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, he can strengthen us in our souls to have the courage and the ability to keep his statutes and to do his will to obey the commandments, to keep his commandments more and more in our life. Now, in Ephesians 6, remember with the armor of God, and the more we read this passage, the more we see how it applies to our present time of the day of judgment, where it says in verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. See, we... We don't attempt to be strong in ourselves and in the power of our little might. Like I was saying, what can we do? What kind of strength do we have to fight the spiritual battle, to perform the things that God would have us to do? If we try it on our own, on our own strength, we're bound to fail and fail quickly. But be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and so on. It is in the power of God, the power of the Lord, that we are able to live, really, as a Christian, to live in the way that God would have us to live. Now, let me just look at one other verse in Philippians, and we are familiar with this verse, I'm sure. It says... In verse 13 of Philippians 4, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And what are those all things? All things that the Bible commands, the things of obedience, the things that the Lord would have us to do in living our life, in living uprightly, in a righteous way, because the Lord Jesus Christ has granted us his righteousness, has 
granted us his spirit within, and now that spirit, the power of that might of the Lord Jesus Christ is able to help us to perform the doing of things and to do things God's way and no longer our own way. This is just the might of God, and God has such power and might that if all of the elect that are alive upon the face of the earth right now, and who knows how many there are, there could be 170, 180, 190 million elect people, a great multitude, we know that, came out of great tribulation. And if we all turn to God with one accord, in an instant, in a moment, and if we we sought the Lord and asked for his help, he has the power and the ability to grant each of us the necessary strength to do the things according to his will that he would have us to do. And and this is the glorious um, nature of our God. Yes, we're weak and and yes, we're troubled. And there may be 10,000 that have set themselves against this roundabout. But the Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We have a source. We have someone to turn to greater than any earthly king or earthly power or earthly strength. As a matter of fact, you could add all of the kings and presidents and and dictators and all of the leaders of the world and all of their armies and put together all of their might, all the might of man, all of the powerful things of this world as one. And it wouldn't be anything at all against the power of God. God is greater. God is stronger. God is almighty. He is the almighty God of the scripture and he delights, the Bible tells us, to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is perfect towards him. And that would be each one of the elect who have received the new resurrected born again heart that is perfect. God delights to show himself strong. So why why shouldn't we turn to him with our problems? Turn to him with the ones that are burdening us, with the things that are troubling us. Turn to him with all these things and lay them out before him. As Hezekiah laid out the note from the king of Assyria that dared to uh, blaspheme God and dared to come against Jerusalem and King Hezekiah. Let's just lay these things out that God might show himself strong as he did for Hezekiah and Jerusalem. Remember when the army of the enemy woke up, they were all dead men. God has showed himself strong throughout the Bible. He's the God that brought the greatest power on earth, Egypt, to its knees in order that his people be let go. He's the God that brought Goliath the giant to death at the hands of a young lad with a sling and a stone. He's the God that uh, turned the word of King Nebuchadnezzar and and did not burn Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. 
Abednego. He's the God that protected Daniel in the lion's den. God has often shown his strength and power. And it is there for us to turn to and to seek the Lord that he would help us in our weakness. Well, the the word here, the Greek word translated almighty, is a word. It's a compound word. One word means all, and the other word means might. It's normally translated as almighty, almost always. Uh, in Revelation 19, it says in verse 15, And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. There's that word. And then earlier in the same chapter of Revelation, chapter 19, it's translated as omnipotent in verse 6. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thunderings, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. That is, the Lord God Almighty. He possesses all might, uh, uh, all strength, all dominion, all power. He reigns over all things in the kingdom of heaven. This is the Lord our God. And, and we're very thankful. We're greatly blessed to have such a helper. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. He He is a God who has the power. He is the God who wants to help his people. The Lord God searches the whole earth to find those whose heart is perfect towards him in order to show forth his strength on their behalf. And we have a God uh, who has demonstrated this all through biblical history. And this is the God which was. Yes, this is the God which will be. Yes, and this is the God which is right now, right at this day, at this time, in this evil generation. God possesses all might. And he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 